everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the 50 Foot Podcast. Andrew here, and as usual, I'm joined by Kenneth. Hello. And for this week's episode, since I know that I don't have anything to send back and Kenneth doesn't have anything to send back, we're going to change up the seasoning on our um, send it back segment because I know that there are really two topics that Kenneth kind of wants to give his take about, so I'm just going to let him take it off. I mean, once just a continuation from last week, how I kind of updated you on round one and of the NHL playoffs and how that was going. And uh, as much as I brought the narrative that people wanted to see, oh, another round of Sid versus OV, and then it ended up being the Islanders versus the Bruins. Which, how about I neither? Mean, <laughs> which, I mean, I'm cool with that because uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, like words won't do this justice, but look at Matthew Barzal's goal just from this from the regular season. Uh, and the funny part is he didn't even do it because it was a flex. He did it just because... He almost had to, like just the way the physics was working. And, you know, I'll leave it at that because it really is something to be seen, to be believed. Uh, one thing I will not send back from my hockey talk last week, uh, the abs are still very good. And I can't wait to see their series against Vegas. That should be a banger uh, because the abs offense is still good, still very good. And uh, even Kale McCarr, like, even though he's their defenseman, he's pretty much a fourth forward whenever he's on. So I'm excited to see how they do, especially against a team in Vegas that had a challenge. Like It was a really tough battle against Minnesota. And so shout out to the Minnesota Wild. I know they've been waiting for a good hockey team for a long time now. And you know they really have something with uh, Dahl Bill Kirill there. But I'm excited for that, that matchup. So that's as far as my hockey talk goes. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was... And, I'm not, I'll ask you, Andrew, like, have you, or how have you seen this, or how much do you know about it? But uh, if I say the name Naomi Osaka, do you know who that is, first of all? Yes, I know who Naomi Osaka is. Okay, so earlier this week, she... She plays tennis, right? Yes, she does. Oh, okay, she's very, cool. She's, she's a little good at it. She's you know? okay? Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> she's, she's, she's okay. She's all right. She's all right. <laughs> but yeah, so earlier this week, she posted how she's not going to be doing any press during the French Open, or... I think the official name is Roland Garros, but I still refer to it as the French Open. But she's not going to be doing any press because she just feels that it's tiring on her and how she feels almost, not disrespected, but she has a post. I'll just say this. like If you're interested, go to her social media post, and I don't want to take her words away from her. But the short end of it is she's not going to do any press because she feels that the questions are repetitive, and it's just really especially for those who don't perform well or they lose, it's almost kicking them when they're down. And so, you know, to put it into another sports terms, if you remember back a couple of years ago with Marshawn Lynch and the, I'm just here so I won't get fined. And I don't know. And like, I think, Andrew, when did you ever dream of being an athlete when you grew up? Oh, dude, I'm 5'4". <laughs> I mean, even, even as a... Okay, well, that wasn't, that wasn't where I was expecting that to go, but not even, not even when you were a kid, like even before you knew that that was your height ceiling. No, like for me, I mean, I'm probably not the person to ask because like my my love for sports came like later when okay, I was more okay. like realistic with stuff like my height. <laughs> That's fair. All right. So all right, I, have Most, to, like, I will say I'm in the minority. Like I think a lot of kids like grow up believing or wanting to become athletes for sure. All right, so let's see. Uh, can you put yourself into the shoes of a person, who, of a, a kid who's... Yes. Short? Okay. Yes. So... I'll play the yourself... premise. I'll play the premise. Thank you. 
Uh, so if you put yourself into that mindset, what do you think, like, what are your dreams about or what, what do you imagine yourself doing? Playing the sport, getting paid for it, pretty much yeah. is. Like, yeah, like, being you know, the best, having all these cool highlights, winning collecting championships. Collecting rings, yeah. yeah. See, so all of those things. So one of the things that you don't think about is <laughs> your relationship with the press. I mean, I guess one of the things that the commercial that always shows out there people win championships is like the, oh i'm going to disney world so if anything that's the closest thing to media that i feel a kid would probably dream about but i just wanted to point this out because yes i guess in some professional sports it is baked into their contract where they do have to talk with the press but i can also see what she brought up and what marshawn lynch was also speaking against where you know imagine being repeatedly asked Oh, why did your team lose? Or what could you have done better? What's next? You know, a lot of these questions where you're going to have the same answer most of the time. Or even if you're in the right state of mind to actually answer those questions. You know, like, and this isn't to, you know, harp on journalists or anything because I know they're doing their job as well, too, because they're there to cover the sports and the athletes that play them. You know, I just, and this is a personal take. I'm not, this isn't Andrew speaking or anything, but. You know, I, I like questions that have more insight in terms of like analyzing what happened or what did you think in this specific situation? And I feel like I'm probably biased in that way because that's those are the kinds of questions I ask when I work with athletes or people. I like to ask about moments and try to get more insight that way, not just general, oh, you lost, what happened? So uh, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit and say, you know, good on her, good for athletes who want to focus more on the sport and know that their mental health is just as important too and you know if taking taking that hit is how they how they do it then so be it yeah and i don't really have much to say about this but the one thing i will say is it's more of a sports industry related topic is a lot of people think that the sports industry is just really easy to be like work in and that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff because like Oh, you get to talk about sports. You get to, like, for me, I get to work in the business of sports. Like, you, for you, you get to talk to athletes and, like, learn for them to improve. But, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, oh, sports media is super easy. Like, I can, I could be a reporter and all that sort of stuff. I think when it comes to these kind of conversations, there's a clear line between who, who, who's, like, really good and who's, like, not as great. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you, like, listen and read and, like, just hear, like, certain reporters and how they go about their business and that sort of stuff, there is just a never, another, there's another level to it, right? And like some that I always think of are like Ramona Shelburne with ESPN. Yes. A lot of her basketball recording is really good. And it's not because she's asking like basic questions. She's asking very in-depth questions that are very thoughtful and very like intentional, right? right. So there's a difference between asking those kind of questions. I can't think of one right now, but Same. there's a difference <laughs> between asking that question and then the generic like, why did you lose kind of thing. And I think- that's kind of where sports reporters kind of take that next tier. So when when we talk about like like uh, sports reporters and like how they're doing that sort of stuff, there's always level like there's levels to it, and there's always room for improvement. So I always think that in a lot of these, you kind of have to find the right ones to listen to. Um, like for me, when I think of like basketball people I want to listen to, like I always listen to like Zach Lowe because I feel like I'm learning. Right? Like I'm not. He's not going on these takes and saying like this team won because this team is better. What did I just learn? I didn't learn anything from that statement, right? But he's like, oh, this team won because they ran this set of plays more and this team can't do that and like all this sort of stuff. So you feel like you're learning. So I think when it comes to the sports media stuff, there's right now there's just so much content and it's just kind of being able to filter some of that out, I think is 
important. And that kind of pertains to the, the reporter thing because I have like heard a lot of those interviews and a lot of the questions are just very generic. Mm-hmm. But then you get those nuggets where certain reporters like have done this for years and just understand what they're doing. Right. Ask like those nugget questions. And that's why you listen to those news conferences because you're trying to get this extra insight that you can't get from like Twitter or like from like the atmosphere kind of thing. Yeah, and there's only so much that you can get because, you know, with athletes and coaches, they're, you know, well, I mean, I would assume they're already making adjustments in their heads and they know what they're going to do. But what are they going to do? Broadcast to the media? Hey, this is exactly what changes I'm going to make. This is what I'm going to do this time. Like, I mean, there's still stuff that they need to, you know, keep for themselves or that they still need to work on. So, you know, probably not the best, like, especially at, right after a game. It's probably not the best that they're going to give you material to work with because they're still trying to figure something out. And I mean, as far as generic questions, uh, if you're looking for non-generic questions, I mean, if you watch Jimmy Kimmel, like, have you seen when he sends Guillermo to interview athletes? No, but I heard it's like a gimmick and stuff, so I don't watch it. I know, but I mean, that's when you get to see players like kind of relax more and enjoy it because he's asking the questions that they definitely don't hear anywhere else. So, you know, that's just a little side note. Uh, and so you mentioned how, not you, but a kid who wants to grow up and become an athlete, you think about winning, you think about championships, breaking records, all of this. How much would you think interacting with fans would be a thing? I imagine kids don't think about it <laughs> that much, to be honest with you. Okay, so why, why did you make the distinction between kids? So what, where were you going with that? No, no, because no, the question was when like kids are dreaming of becoming athletes, like what are they thinking about? I don't really think they're thinking about how they interact with fans and that sort of stuff. Okay, so like, like that, yeah. that goes back to the same question, right? Like, you're not thinking about how you interact with media. You're not thinking about the fans that much. You're thinking about championships, the money, the, the that stuff. Exactly, and so again, tying it back to events from this past week, there have been interactions between fans and athletes that you know, let's just say, haven't been quite so positive. And so, I don't know. I just want to preface this by saying, look, I get that trash talk definitely has a, sp- a place in sports. Like, I mean. As someone who did play sports in high school and then uh, recreationally after that, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand trash talk is definitely part of it. And then even as being a fan, you know, sometimes it is fun to engage in that. But, you know, there is a line between trash talk and then like actually attacking a person personally or, you know, sanitarily. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, I mean, I just wanted to preface our conversation because I feel this is probably going to be the bulk of what we want to talk about today. So, Andrew, wherever you want to take it from there. Yeah. So, so to kind of fill like people in, there was there were two incidents uh, specifically that we're going to discuss. Um, where one, an NBA player was walking off the court. Uh, he was injured, and then someone poured popcorn on his head. And the other one was after review, a fan had actually spat on a player. And to first, there's there's a lot of thoughts, but first, based on like building off of what you said, like I understand that there is a line between uh like trash talking and like taunting and all that sort of stuff is part of sports, and I get that. Right. But I definitely think there are places where that goes too far. Um, like a good example is like you hear cheers like, oh, this person sucks, or like, um, now we're at a point where people say like f you insert player name here yeah or um like that sort of stuff like i think that's a little crass like that's kind of like that's a little immature right like do we really have to say that like there are kids around like all that sort of stuff um but i understand that that's part of sports but there is definitely a line when you start like throwing food at people and like spitting on people and like 
I don't like I I'll I'll throw this to you. Is there any social context where spitting on another human being is okay? Uh, <laughs> off the top of my head, uh, I mean, this is are we still are we considered PG? Because I mean, uh, the Wait, only what? Answer... what are you gonna say? <laughs> I mean, the only answer that I would think of where it's like, you know what? I'm gonna just say no. The answer is no. The, okay. Okay. Social context where where people spit on each other and it's okay. It's okay. I'm just yeah. Say no. Okay. So I don't understand why we think it's okay to spit on like athletes. Like what? Like I I saw it. I saw, In I this saw the time? clip. Yeah. Like I I don't understand why it's okay. Like ever. And it was just baffling to me that this was a thing and that someone decided to do it. Cause like, to me, I don't get it because, and, and I, I started wondering like, Oh, is this because like fans have this idea of, uh, Oh, we pay for tickets. So we like, we pay for your salary. But when I, when I heard that, my first thought was, so you're telling me, let's say I'm a, I don't know. I work at a grocery store, right? So people are buying groceries from me mm. and they, uh, they pay me money, so they're paying my quote unquote my salary. It's okay for them to yes. spit on me? Like what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me, like at all. Or like, okay, let's let's say we go to like an accounting firm or something like that, or like okay, some like consulting say, like, based firm. On, based on things I've seen, I've seen from people who I know who do work in terms of in the service industry and especially grocery stores. Uh, that isn't probably that isn't far from reality, unfortunately. So yes, take it to the accounting firm example. Yeah, like like and and. To the grocery store thing, I, I still don't think it's okay. Like that, that's disgusting. No, like yeah, um, definitely not. The accounting uh, firm yeah. is the same thing, right? Like, let's say you're a consultant and you're, I don't know, the owner of the consultancy, like pays for your salary, right? It's okay for him to spit on you there. That doesn't make sense either. So the fact that people think it's okay to spit on like players just like completely baffles me because like we're supposed to like these are other people. You're supposed to treat people with respect regardless of their fandom. Like who cares? Like. Yeah, they play for a team that doesn't identify. That doesn't like. Oh, he plays for this team. That's, yeah, that's like spit on him. Yeah, like what reality do we live in where like that is okay? Uh, this reality apparently. But I mean, <laughs> I think that's the thing. Like, I I'm a fan of when you know fans are like there's at least creative heckling or you know something that signifies some kind of. I almost like I feel bad or I feel weird using the word in this context, but like respect. Where uh, like I'm thinking back to. My last year as an undergrad and then Big West tournament. Uh, someone, I think it was the semifinals, I can't remember, but one of UCI's players airballs. And then uh, from that point on, the rest of the game, the, the opposing crowd keeps on chanting airball. And it, it rattled, I'm, pretty sure, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it rattled him, but that's, a, that's another <laughs> conversation yeah. for another time. But, you know, it's just something like that. Or, you know, like because it, it's really, I feel like it's like really low-hanging fruit to, you know, pay a ticket to go to play to a game and say like hey you suck or you know or, and that's like you know the bare minimum like some oh, come people on go do better even lower than that yeah just some be people, better just be better so, some people like might turn it into personal attacks and that's even worse but you know like at least i don't, don't want to say be creative because it sounds like i don't want to sound like i'm condoning this but <laughs> that's a, but at least you, you know you're here first <laughs> kenneth condones bad fan behavior uh when it's creative or when it's like when it's obvious that you're not attacking the person exactly like i mean if you're like if it's for a promotion for your team or you know like you know and keep it keep it civil because at the end of the day you know you're not the one who's on the court on the ice on the field you're not the one who has to deal with this you know after the final buzzer you know you you get to go back to 
your quote unquote normal life. And we've said this multiple times before, but for these for these athletes, this is their lives. So like, you know, it's not something that they just, I mean, yes, they have family lives and whatnot, but you know, that is still part of them. Whereas being a fan, it's not something that you're it doesn't born entitle with. It's not, you. Yes. Being a fan you. is a privilege. It's not an entitlement. And like, I've always thought that like, it is a privilege that we get to go to games and watch yes. games. Think about it. We haven't had that for a full year and a yeah. half because of COVID, right? Like that's why people are so antsy to come back. It is a privilege that we get to meet up with in, or sit in a building with like 20,000 other people and either cheer or boo and watch athletes do what they're really good at. And like yes. at, when I say athletes, I mean like the best in the world yes. do at, do what they're really good at. So I don't, there, but that doesn't entitle you to be an a-hole. Or like to be rude and like be disrespectful and that sort of stuff just because you feel like it. And like to me, it's it's funny because no one would ever do that in front of someone's face. Like if, oh, let's say let's say we let's say we switch this up, right? Like let's say I gave a fan the chance to 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 do the exactly what they did, either spit or throw the popcorn on a player in like in like an alleyway like open setting you're not gonna do it why'd you go straight to the alley i went not even just i don't know I, I that's always the one that people always say is like you go straight to the alleyway i don't know I guess, sure. but you're not gonna do it and you, you can talk like you're gonna do it you're not gonna do it the vast majority of people who no. engage in this are not gonna do it right to their you're face you're not gonna do it there's a level of security that comes with doing it like within a sporting venue because you almost know that the athlete won't react or you know there's a lot more ramifications for them if they do respond and so i don't know a lot of it also comes from fans wanting to get that reaction and i think that's where a lot of it stems from like you want to be the one that the athlete responds to you want to be that special person who like oh i i got in their nerves and it creates such a weird visceral yeah and like i think some of that is is the the society that we are in now in terms of like social media and i i really don't want to dive into that because that that's that episode time. is I know, that's, I know that episode you is way to too long and you know that i fire social media really like fires me up in that way um but people want to get that attention and that sort of stuff right and that always kind of i to be honest i find it kind of cowardly in terms of people trying to egg these players on and like try to get that reaction out of them so that they'll be punished because to me it's very much like you're trying to pick a fight with someone that is literally like as their hands tied behind their back and like their entire like livelihood and family is like dangled in front of them and you're trying to pick a fight with them like yeah and and it's funny because a lot of the fans will come out of it and be like oh look he's such a coward he didn't say anything to me yeah and so i'm that's like what, what? Yeah. that's what i wanted to get i wanted to get to in terms of creating a really it's a lose-lose situation for the athletes because if they don't respond they're seen as soft if they do respond they're seen as soft because they let that one person get to them even though that in reality it's probably more like hundreds if not thousands of people yeah like, it just happened to be that one person at that one yeah. time like you know the shot that broke the candles back but it's a losable situation for the athlete which i feel it almost gives it almost eggs fans more to be the one to like oh poke 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 but but i will say i do like that we are in an age now of like power player empowerment not only in terms of like the player and the organization but in terms of player and like the fans and that sort of stuff in terms of there's cameras everywhere like that's how this works now security for security purposes that's why there's a lot of cameras um everything can be reviewed and i think something that i think i heard jeff and gundy say on one of the broadcasts was like like the punishment needs to just like be like ramped up right like yeah sure you can be banned indefinitely but like ban them for life like i, I don't know anything about law and like legal and stuff like that but like well, you should kind of be arrested like 
that's kind of like you know what i mean like for me it's like if you put a punishment behind it no one's gonna do it that's why like when people it's in front of their face and like the player can like get in their face they're not gonna do it because there are consequences and i think like you said earlier there is a imaginary kind of protection that fans believe that they are safe whether it be the idea that oh i pay for your salary or we're in this environment there's so many people um in the case or, of the popcorn if you, thing if you, if you touch me there's gonna be a lawsuit or there's gonna touch me you're gonna be a lawsuit like you're gonna lose more money and all of this sort of stuff yeah. like that's not the case anymore and i think we will progress to a point we as in a society will progress to a point where sports society where people like this will lose their privileges like i kind of said earlier right like yeah. they will not be allowed to have this kind of behavior because again it's not even okay in like normal society, let alone a sports venue. So yeah, that doesn't excuse. So we got to get it out, <laughs> right? And that's that's the thing with me. I think there's one thing for organizations and venues to be able to, like you mentioned, impose bans and you know take away people's season tickets or whatever the case may be, because there is more ability to review that. And this is not me condoning violence or <laughs> putting people in violent situations. You're condoning a lot of bad things this episode. <laughs> by the way i mean look i said i'm not so that's obviously uh again i'm not i know <laughs> but I'm in kidding, terms I'm of kidding. But in terms of i wish this was the case and i know there's a lot of reasons why i couldn't but i wish that the quote-unquote punishment for this was to be able to give fans that opportunity that you mentioned earlier to actually say these things in front of the person's face <laughs> and you know like not that yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. kind of if, if the league and the governing body for the athlete and the whatever they play for, if they could like, you know, turn turn their backs for a second and let let the situation play out again, not condoning violence. But I feel like that might be more of a teachable lesson than you, you know, taking away. Can you imagine if Twitter added something like that, like where like Oof. every time you tweet something, you have to like tweet it to their face like that would be that would be like, OK. I hate reality TV, but that'd be pretty good reality oh, TV. Do you? Do you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I just like, like, kind of like, I just don't understand that kind of behavior. And I just don't think there's a place for it in sports. And like, to be honest, throwing away that popcorn was kind of a waste of money. Like, yeah. How, how much How much do you think that popcorn cost? <laughs> you're asking me? I'd probably say like, I, I, I mean, I didn't like look at the size and stuff like that, but probably like okay, 10 yeah. to 15 bucks. Like yeah. that's 10 to 15 bucks down the drain. Of, like, perfectly good popcorn. Well, I mean, uh, assumingly, it's perfectly good popcorn. I mean, you know. Touche. I will say the garden has really good chicken tenders, but that's not the point. Um, All right. It's a shameless promotion. (laughs) Shameless plug. Um, Yeah, like, it's a waste of money. Like, are you kidding me? Like, like, food at, like, everyone knows, food at those venues are expensive. So the fact that you're doing that, and what'd you get out of it? You got, uh, let's see here. You got, like, an Instagram moment because people saw what you did, right? Yes. Um, sure. your name was not public identified. So like, it's not like people are going to be like, oh, let's go interview this person. And you got banned for life. Like why I waste mean, 15 bucks? You got the experience of, of your fellow fans selling you out because they oh, want no part of that either. I love that. I just love that. There was like no loyalties, no nothing. It's Good. like one of those, like, I didn't do it. Look at that guy. Well, and I, mean, I, th- like I thought that was perfect. Accountability. No, it's accountability on the fans part too. Cause exactly. I, I, I don't think we're in the minority thinking like, fans are like should not be doing this sort of stuff it's disgusting like the spitting one specifically like it's disgusting so so fans like calling out other people i'm all for it like we know the saying snitches and stitches and stuff but no get this out we don't need this this doesn't add to like this doesn't change the value of my game like no like this is so like unnecessary and so the obvious take off take away from this is if you're gonna trash talk be creative like don't like 
<laughs> don't make it personal, but you know, at least just don't cross that shit. line. Like be be respectful and be I don't know a human. Yeah, no, that's really I was, tough. I was mostly to joking, facetious. Uh, but also, I'm not gonna just... try to say that word again. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that. Like just also, if anything, just keep more of your energy on on the team that you did go there to support. You know, I mean, probably better than like paying the other team attention. You know, but yeah. So usually this is where I would say we're gonna put it in the park and for Andrew to pick a question. But Andrew actually told me that he wanted to. He already had a question ahead of time based on this topic, so I'm not sure what we're doing. So, Andrew, what what's, what do you want to bring up? Yeah, so so for a second straight week in a row, I kind of felt like we could put a personal spin on the topic at hand. And I know we were talking about like a lot of negative things and this sort of stuff, so I was trying to think of a more positive uh, way to talk about this experience. And I think the question I had for you, and I'll clarify what I mean, is think about, like, tell the listeners and me about your best, like, fan experience and when I say fan experience, as someone that now works for a sports team, I don't mean like, oh, the arena was cool, or I scanned my ticket really quick, or like, I got my hot dog super fast, or like, my seats were comfortable. I'm not I talking about like that about fan that. experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never know. Uh, I'm more talking about the fan music experience. Music was in terms good. Of, <laughs> the music was good. Um, they're playing some bangers. It's more about your experience in the sports event, right? Like what, whatever game you were watching, or like, mm -hmm. kind of that feeling. And like... I'll give you my example and my number one answer was okay. in 2000 and I'm going way back. Uh, let's see here in 2012. That's way back. I mean, it's seven years or uh, no, no, it's nine years. It's nine years. I didn't say seven. Oh, jeez, It's nine years. Um, oh, Mr. Analytics, Mr. Math. Oh, it's not even um, nine years ago. Wait, nine. Yeah. Nine years ago. Uh, our alma mater played USC in the national championship game for volleyball, volleyball. men's volleyball specifically. Yes. And it was actually like, I think I, I don't quote me on this. I think volleyball championships, like they, they do the Super Bowl thing where they pick a venue like ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. And then if you just have it, sure right. you play there. So the venue was actually at USC. So it was literally us playing an away game at USC for the national championship. And I think they had beaten us a couple times during the regular season or like, it was really close. And so UCI like try to get as many people there. So they like bust like a bunch, like four that's, to five yeah, buses. Like, that's the only reason I knew people. that it was in California because I remember they actually had shuttles. I didn't go that yeah. year. And then like all yeah. students got tickets and that sort of stuff. If you wanted to come. And that was probably one of the most electric environments I've ever been in because A, the local flair in terms of USC and UCI and yeah. local rivalries in terms of like USC is just all high and mighty and UCI is this lowly like UC school and that sort of stuff. And being able to compete with them and not only compete with them, but beat them for the yeah. national championship was one of the most electric moments because being in the student section, everyone was very unified in either the chance or the cheering and like the timing of certain things. Right. So it was very, you felt like you were part of a bigger environment and like the intensity only ramped up and it was just something else to the fact that we essentially made it our home game. Nice. Right. Because as we were winning, you could feel the crowd like losing the USC crowd, like losing that momentum. And it just became like a UCI crowd. And, and in terms of what you and I said about being like better in terms of fans and that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. I will always remember this part is there was a, their outside hitter, USC's outside hitter was very good. I think he was an all American that year, but he was very like hot or cold. So he was very like really, really good or really, really bad that year mm -hmm. during the regular season. He was just pretty good overall. And I'm hoping this is this game, but I remember that he missed a couple serves and I don't remember how the chance started, but we started, his name was Tony something. I don't remember his last name, 
But we started just saying Tony. Like we just kind of saying Tony, 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 like over and over again. Like just get in his head. And he just started like missing serves. And he just started like hitting balls out and like doing all these like errors and that sort of stuff. And it was just a really fun experience. Like that's what Kenneth and I were talking about in terms of just being better fans, right? You're getting in the guy's head. You're kind of trash talking him. But we're not saying anything him. offensive. <laughs> we're literally just saying his name. We're not even doing anything, right? Like we're not, we're not trying to throw stuff at him. We're not trying to call him like bad names and stuff like that. We're just literally saying his first name. And it was just, that sports environment was great. And then again, obviously I remember this the most because we ended up winning, but that by far has been the most electric environment I've ever been in just because A, the stakes, A, the connection to like your hometown team and that sort of stuff. Um, it was an ESPN game, but okay, yeah. So yeah. for me, that that's by far got to be the best experience just because I've never, like being a fan, there's nothing like being in a building of like 20,000 people that you know are all cheering for the same thing and having you all be unified in your team winning, right? And like you sh you get to share the moment in terms of hey were you there when they like won the national championship or whatever like yeah i was all there do you remember how crazy that was yeah like all those little things you just remember all of that but you have someone to share it with in the twenty thousand other people you were with so that's my one um i'd love to hear yours because i'm very curious about your like sports experience overall well one if you want to talk about creative chance and whatnot i feel like volleyball is uh, very overlooked in that sense because i feel like there's a lot of energy that goes into volleyball games so uh for any volleyball fans out there, it's a great sport. And if you aren't, then start watching volleyball. Uh, <laughs> and two, I was going to say, once you started talking about uh, getting into another player's head or an opposing player's head, I was going to say, you know, if Christian was there, he'd probably be calling him ugly or something. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how that, where that falls under my creative chart or not, but... Uh, Fair enough. Anyway... All right, so I think along the lines of that, in terms of championships and like high pressure games, I mean, I've been to a lot of Kings Blackhawks games that like those are always exciting. But the one that stood out or stands out to me the most is uh, Game Two, 2014 Stanley Cup Finals against the Rangers, because that was a double overtime game. And let me tell you, any playoff overtime game, but especially because this was the finals, I've never had more uh, cheeks clenching experience because it's both. It's both exciting but unnerving because that's the thing with sudden death overtime. You don't know when that goal is going to happen. And I mean, I can tell you right now, or like the way that the the king scored the last goal was pretty innocuous, or because you know usually you go until the buzzer ends, and at least in regulation. But with overtime, it's just whenever the next goal is scored. So I'm pretty sure it went. I know Kopitar had an assist on this. I'm pretty sure it went Kopitar. He like shoved. He like passed it back to Willie Mitchell. And then Dustin Brown somehow got a tip at the front. It was it happened so quickly, and I think this is like the latter half of the second overtime. But it happens so quickly, you almost don't have that time to register. But once it hits, and like you know that it went in, like I I can feel this euphoria, isn't like, it? That's the thing. It's like I can like even talking about it right now. I can I'm like feeling the goosebumps and experiencing the things that I felt at that time. But it's hard to put into words. But just that like I never had an experience where you know, that kind of unity, that kind of just, <laughs> and like, these are, you know, you know, outside of, outside of this, after this, it was probably like 20,000 strangers. But, you know, for those few hours, we were all one family, except for the Rangers fans who came in. But that's another story. <laughs> but I mean, okay, look, I mean, you always, you always got those. <laughs> all right. The Rangers, like, and this is, again, only the ones who I, who were there some of the ranger fans not so great but 
uh, and this is a chance for me to promote Blackhawks fans because I feel like between Blackhawks fans and even Sharks fans, like those are some opposing fan bases that I've never felt more like you know able, at least just able to talk with them is like even though our teams are rivals and all that, you know the fact that you know we still all love hockey, so you know just being able to like what we were talking about earlier. Yes, we we come from different fandoms, but at the end of the day, we're still we're still humans. <laughs> we're just we're just here to enjoy what we're enjoying. But yeah, so that game was fantastic. That whole postseason run, you know, I could talk hours for. But that was pretty much my experience. I'm not sure if that answered your question. I mean, I I think it does. I think it's it's always those sports moments that get us into the industry, right? Like, oh yeah, it's always the those memories that you make are always the ones where this is what ends up pushing you into the industry itself. Right. Because a feeling. you're trying to recreate, you're creating, you're trying to recreate that feeling, that kind of thing. And and I agree with you, not only, not only in terms of the, the volleyball thing, but also because I think hockey is also another like unifying sport in that, like everything it is, sorry, not unifying sport. Um, like an unnerving sport because like I've only been to one hockey game and it was like Western Conference Finals. Plus you went Docks to an overtime and, like, Blackhawks, too, so and it went on to overtime. So it's like you, you get it. <laughs> at any moment, yep, this changes, right? And and unfortunately, I went with like another Ducks fan and a and a Blackhawks fan, and I definitely shook the Blackhawks fans like a lot. I like when we scored the goal, I remember like grabbing him, go like yeah. Just kind of like shaking him, and then he's just like, "I hate you so much." And I'm like, "Yeah, but there's like eighteen thousand of me right now, so I'm sorry. Like, we just beat you guys, so I think we ended up losing the series, but that's not the point." Yeah, so yeah, that definitely answered the question, and I think I think that explains a lot of the reasons why people go into the industry is just because of these feelings that you have, and then you just try to recreate them for either yourself again or for others. That makes sense. all right. So everyone, thank you for listening to this edition of the Fifty Five Podcast. If there are any topics that you want us to discuss, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at 55podcast, where you can put in any topic request in our highlights. You can also find me on Instagram at Kenneth underscore Kamaklang. And don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will talk to you next week.